Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled My Journey to Catholicism. I have with me today Sarah Gibson. Sarah, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Uh, just to share with our listeners a little bit, Sarah and I connected randomly, I think, through Just Gotta Be Saints, and uh, who knows what it was necessarily about, probably something of the faith, and we just started chatting a little bit, and uh, she shared with me just kind of her story a little bit, and I was really moved by that, and we talked a lot about the Eucharist and just her journey to Catholicism. And so that's kind of what we're here to talk about today, for her to share her story. I am excited to hear it more in depth. And I think to anyone who's listening at home, you're going to get something out of this as well. Uh, Just beautiful from what I do know, and I'm sure there's so much more uh, that we'll get to unpack here in the next 30 to 60 minutes. Um, So really, Sarah, I want to just give you the floor. You have... um, total control of the room now. You can share as much as you want, you know, and if at any point it seems necessary for me to uh, ask more, but I will, but really I want to give you as much space just to share your story. And then, you know, we can ask some questions and, and go a little further, uh, but go ahead. It's all yours. Sweet. Um, yeah. Well, to start off, yeah, my name is Sarah Gibson and um, I just recently this past summer, actually, officially uh, was confirmed into full communion in the Catholic Church. So very recent. Um, Yeah, I know. Praise be to God. Um, You know, prior to that, I I grew up um, in a very devout Methodist family. Um, We have some extended family in in various other denominations, too. But um, I had a grandfather who was an elder in the Methodist Church. I have, uh, you know, other extended relatives that were always super involved, leading Bible studies, uh, you name it. But point being, just very devout in their faith. That was a, that was a huge part of my life growing up from all angles, um, whether it's friends, family, extended family, everything. Um, so, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm super blessed that I had a family who instilled the importance of my faith um, to me in my life and in my younger brother's life as well. And uh, yep, so I was Methodist. Um, I I actually went on to work for a little bit at my church. I worked in youth ministry for a little bit too. Um, and again, nothing but great experiences there. Um, you know, I really cherish all those memories, all the people um, that I'm still close with to this day in the Methodist church. And um, I guess I grew up with just kind of the idea presented to me that you know, God's family um in God's church was inclusive of every denomination and uh, Trinitarian, at least that, um, you know, we were all collectively part of the church um, compared to the one um, holy Catholic church, quite literally meaning the Catholic church that we know it to be as this denomination. Um, you know, my family had the more liberal view on it, that it, it's collective of all the denominations making up that church. And so um, when I was growing up, uh, it, it was, super familiar for me to kind of dabble around in other denominations as well. So if there was like a youth program at a Baptist church, um, my parents had no problem sending me there for some sort of camp, some sort of Sunday school activity. Um, and likewise, that's how I was introduced to the Catholic church for a little bit 
growing up is just through neighbors or friends when they had their first holy communions, their confirmations, you know, my family would attend and, and participate in the mass with them. So um, I had exposure to not only my denomination being a Methodist, but also the Catholic church. And then even also the Orthodox church, the Baptist churches, Presbyterian Lutheran churches. Um, my parents were completely okay with letting us um, see all that that is offered when it comes to um, the ways people are living out their Christian life. So um, through that, I was exposed to the Catholic church and, and I didn't know why, but ever since uh, going to my neighbor when we were growing up there, uh, first communions and then confirmations, I was always so intrigued by the Catholic church. And obviously at the time, I'm probably five, eight years old. So I didn't really maybe understand why, but I knew that I loved it. I knew I loved going. Um, it was just a special thing for me. And I, and I always wanted to go back <laughs> despite mm -hmm. it not even being my church. <laughs> so right off the bat, I mean, I can just remember the feeling that it instilled in me, um, even at an age where I wasn't able to pinpoint or recognize why. Um, and so I fast forward um, through working at my church, um, going on to college, being involved in some campus ministry, um, all still in the Protestant side of things as, as a Methodist. Um, and I was watching the changes go on in our church um, at, at a large level when it comes to social teachings and, and just some of the conflict that started to exist in, in the church recently, not even just in that denomination, but in others too, um, just on social teaching and how the church is supposed to respond in different ways. And, and that was kind of what made me start thinking about why I'm a Methodist at that point in time or, or why I believe what I believe. Um, it was the first time where I was more proactively, not just going along with living out my faith because it's all that I know, but it became the point in time where I started to question um, why I'm specifically living it out the way I am and compared to all the other avenues that I was exposed to growing up. Um, and so being in college, um, I had a lot of friends around me, very close friends that were Catholic. And so something as simple as my roommate um, offering to um, have me tag along when she was going to mass on Sunday, or just seeing, um, you know, if I was at a close family friend's house and they were praying before a meal, uh, um, all the ways that those people, whether they knew it at the time or not, were influencing my intrigue in Catholicism, <laughs> um, those, those all had a huge impact on um, just my thought process at the time of trying to figure out why am I Methodist? Why am I not Catholic? Why am I maybe not Baptist? Why am I not Lutheran? I'm just trying to piece together what it is that I believe, why I believe mm -hmm. it, and, and if it's a good enough argument for me to continue on that path. Um, so fast forward to um, my later years in college, um, while I still considered myself, I guess, a Methodist at the time, I almost <laughs> only started practicing in the Catholic church, um, as much as I could as someone who wasn't confirmed yet and, you know, hadn't received my first communion there. So, um, I would go to mass on Sundays. I didn't know what was going on half the time. Uh, <laughs> it took me a while. I, I thought it was really neat though, watching everyone else, um, even just things like genuflecting or, or just reciting different prayers. I mean, that was also new to me. And so I kept going back just because I was so intrigued, I guess. Um, I didn't know what I was doing half the time or what I was maybe saying or, or not knowing what to say as I sat in mass. Um, but I kept going and I kept learning. Um, I brought friends along with me 
even though I couldn't tell them why I was there half the time. Um, but, but I was just excited about it nonetheless. I couldn't even pinpoint it, but I just knew that I liked going regardless of how much I didn't even know about it at the time. Um, and so I continued going to mass on Sundays and then um, that kind of translated into me wondering what daily mass was. And then I started going to daily mass um, at my parish, the cathedral down in Orlando at the time. And it was through that that I think I really started to figure out that there was so much truth and fullness in the Catholic Church. It was really through daily mass that I was able to come to that conclusion that this is this is where I need to be. Um, and through just the relationships that started building in my church um, and the conversations I'd have with friends, like I was able to to narrow it down at least in my head that. I was even pondering the possibility of converting officially to Catholicism. Um, and that honestly probably took a lot longer than even being willing to start attending the church itself because for a while um, I had people in my life that thought negatively of the Catholic church or, or they didn't like the fact that I was wanting to live my life in accordance with the teachings of the church um, for different reasons. And so I was kind of being pulled during that same time period back and forth a little bit of, of what I know in my heart um, that I want to be doing and how I want to be living out my faith, but also just the influence of the people around me um, and, and taking that into such consideration about how I was living my life. Um, and so seeing people be resistant to me wanting to convert, I was stuck in this limbo period for so long in my journey where, where even though I wanted to, um, in order to appease others in my life, I thought it would be easier for me to not officially convert for whatever reason. I thought I could just still keep attending mass um, without obviously being able to receive the sacraments. I thought I could still just attend and that somehow that would be less offensive to people around me and it would be the best of both worlds and I could have my faith and then keep these other relationships in my life um, unbothered. And, and the reality mm -hmm. is that that's just not the case. Uh, that's not possible because because we're called to live in the fullness of our faith. And so, you know, that's not going to be sufficient to, to to have one foot in and one foot out. Um, and so, you know, that was a long back and forth struggle for me. And, and once I realized that the only reason there was no um, logical arguments that, you know, maybe I wasn't following as far as why the church teaching is correct. Um, there was nothing that externally was wrong with my desire to join the Catholic church. There was no specific reason I wasn't following through with officially converting, except for the fact that I just wanted to appease others. I wanted others to um, approve of my decision. It's like, what a worse reason to not live out your faith than the world, like not approving of it. I mean, like we already know it to be true that the world is probably more often than not going to stand against us when it comes to us living out our faith. Um, and so what, like what an awful reason to not go into full communion with the Catholic church, the true, full, beautiful church that it is, is because other people just might not like that about me. Um, and what, once I came to realize that that was actually at the root of <laughs> why I was so hesitant to join the church, um, once I was able to actually call that out in my heart and, and realize that that was the case, I mean, I was left with no other reason um, to, 
to hold me back from joining. Um, and mm. I will share too, um, one of the, it's probably my favorite aspect of this, just the story of uh, me coming to this realization is um, I, one winter, um, had actually inquired about um, joining the Catholic Church, going through the RCA program. I sent a few emails, um, and because I ended up being so hesitant, I, I stopped responding, and, and I didn't follow through with it. And I thought, you know, mm. maybe later, or maybe once these people aren't as offended by my decision, or, you know, you could think of a number of reasons. I was trying to rationalize with myself, like, why I this isn't the time, but maybe later. And um, I during that time, I kept attending Mass. I kept attending daily Mass. And um, the priest at my uh, cathedral, uh, Father Matthew, he uh, was celebrating the mass one of the random weekdays that I was there around the lunchtime. And uh, there's maybe, you know, 20 people in this massive cathedral. And uh, I, I didn't know him prior to this. Like, I, I didn't have any sort of relationship there. He didn't know that I wasn't even part of the Catholic Church other than maybe if he assumed because I didn't receive... Um, Holy communion that day. So that, I mean, that would have been the only indicator that, you know, I was even in the position that I was in that, you know, maybe I just wasn't even in communion with the church, but regardless of this, you know, I was at daily mass. I was kind of going to leave just super quick, sliding out of the back of the cathedral. Um, and I, I see, um, the father start running down the side of the cathedral. And, you know, my first instinct is like, Oh no, like something's wrong. So I'm kind of like trying to hurry <laughs> up fast walk, like get out of the way, you know, like he must be rushing somewhere else. So like, I don't want to hold him back. So I've, you know, I'm trying to like move even quicker <laughs> um, to give him that space. And, and then he keeps running behind me. And so again, I, I'm getting all the way to the end at the, the doors to leave. And uh, I have literally one foot out the door and my hand opening the door as I'm exiting the church. And, and I hear like, no, stop, please like, don't go. And again, everyone around us is kind of looking around like, is there a fire? You know, like what, what's going on here? Um, and so I pause, I'm kind of turning and I realize that he's speaking to me <laughs> for whatever mm -hmm. reason. I'm, I don't even know. I'm like, you know, did I drop something? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I pause and I'm like, okay, like, you know, this seems like it's important or urgent. I don't know. Um, you know, and everyone, everyone else kind of goes along her way. And I'm still at this point, one foot outside of the church and one foot in, and he grabs the door and goes, stop, wait, like, you know, I've been yelling for you. And then when it settles, he just says like, hi. <laughs> and so again, I'm kind of still a little confused. I say, hi. Um, and all that he says is, you know, like, I see you come to daily mass. <laughs> and I'm at that point, again, still trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, yes, I do go to daily mass here. Um, and, you know, he just expressed to me that uh, he wanted to know about my story. He just, he's seen me there a few times and, and just wanted to know uh, if I was new to the area, if I was even Catholic, what was bringing me there. Uh, just merely wanted to get to know what brought me to attend um, the cathedral for daily mass, just whenever I was. And uh, mm -hmm. through that conversation, I was able to express everything that I kind of previously expressed here about what my background was with the church and my curiosity I had in the Catholic church and how, you know, I, I was thinking about converting. Maybe I wasn't sure. Uh, maybe I wasn't sure about the timing, just an, a number of maybe concerns I had at the time. Um, and I was able to express that. And through that encounter, um, 
you know, I went home that night and I realized like, again, so like someone that I've never seen <laughs> like act in a manner like this. Um, and it, it was just so like different for me that I was like, God, you know, like, was that you? Like, is, is this, are you telling me like, essentially like, this is where I need you to be. And so I left that encounter and I, I emailed him that later that evening and I was just like, you know, Hey, by the way, um, I don't think you realized this at the time, but you know, this week I was actually just telling some of my closest friends that like, I think it's time that I joined the Catholic church. I was just having a conversation quite literally like a day or two before this, um, mm -hmm. saying that I wanted to follow through on this decision. And, you know, I, I was working up the courage essentially, but it was already a thought process I had going that like, I, I need to do this. Um, and so you, quite literally running through an entire cathedral just to stop me on my way out, a complete stranger and say, I've seen you at daily mass. Like for me, like that was just another way of God kind of like welcoming me and showing me that this is his church. Like this is where I need to be. And, mm -hmm. you know, he responded back. Like, I'm so glad to hear that because I didn't know why at the time, but all I knew was God was like, say hi to this person. Like, go say, go speak to this person. And he's like, I didn't, again, like, I didn't know why, but I just, I felt like I should. He's like, I'm a shy person. I normally wouldn't do this. Um, and I, I just felt the Holy spirit telling me that I needed to talk to you in that moment. And that's the only reason I would have never even done this half the time. Um, so mm. you know, that, that was really what pushed me over the edge and gave me that extra boost of confidence and just reassured me that like, this is, this is where I need to be. And, and, any reason I was giving myself, any excuse I was giving myself of why it might be difficult or why, um, you know, I might receive pushback for this decision, all of that went out the door. And, and I was just able to rest assured that regardless of how difficult it might be, that this is a decision I'm following through with and, and it's worth it at the end of the day. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, of course, we'll let you keep keep going with this. I just, for anyone who's at home, I mean, just the incredibleness that, to me, like the thing that sticks out to me firstly is, of course, uh, you said his name's Father Matthew. Mm -hmm. Like just the Holy Spirit, just kind of knowing, like, I'm going to prompt this man to talk to this person. Like, like you said, you know, there was this, he doesn't usually do this. This is out of character for him and yet he had a feeling that he needed to talk to you but mm -hmm. I think the big thing for you is you kept showing up even when you weren't sir even when you had questions something so profound was leading you to the church and of course we, we both know it was the Holy Spirit guiding you to the truth and guiding you to Catholicism uh, but of course I, I'm most happy when you talk about it, because it's it's centered around the Eucharist, which you know we can talk about more, but a mystery and something that many Catholics don't really understand or believe, you know, believing that it's truly Jesus Christ, body and blood, and yet for whatever reason, you were drawn in through that, and the practice too, the practice of daily mass, as you and I both know, is not one that even some of the most devout Catholics that you and I have come across practice. And yet for some reason you were drawn to it, not only drawn to it, but kept coming back. And, you know, I think that's, that's really beautiful, but of course I can let you continue to share your story. Um, but 
Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, no, so much of my story, like you mentioned, really is centered around the beauty of the Eucharist. And I mean, and when I think back, um, for anyone who's kind of like aware of this, it might be redundant, but um, growing up Methodist, um, there's so much uh, tradition that's also incorporated um, in that denomination specifically. So there are certain customs in the Catholic Church that I was in minor ways kind of exposed to. And so when I think about on the flip side of that, the major differences, I mean, at the heart and soul of that for me is the Eucharist. I mean, the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. That is such a big difference compared to um, what I was being offered, you know, prior to joining the Catholic Church. And so, I mean, that always sticks out as something that is so special to now be able to partake of. Um, and I, it's funny because I remember, I know, I, I think I mentioned this to you as well. Um, there are so many times where there are challenges I faced along the way uh, in learning what, what that really means and how I can respond to that. Because, um, you know, I learned so much through even like formed documentaries um, or then obviously scripture, but just about the power of the Eucharist and, and, and what it means. But then I would see the contrast of that when I was... Um, this Protestant who was attending adoration for the first time and had no idea what was going on. And, and I was just sitting in, in the pew of a, of a church that was dark and I was sitting there wondering what to do or, or what the fullness of what we were doing consisted of. And, and there, there, there's just so many ways that you need to, <laughs> to learn some of these things as you come into the Catholic church. And, um, you know, it was a challenge is my point. Like I, mm -hmm. I didn't immediately, um, I wasn't immediately able to take what I was learning about the Catholic church and immediately maybe like feel it or, or apply it. Well, like it took time. It took me uh, really challenging myself to come to an understanding of the church's teaching and, and to really believe that. And I know that it's kind of a um, statistic now that, you know, a lot of Catholics don't even believe in the real presence and um, you know, so you can imagine maybe how hard it is for someone who's not even Catholic to come to that conclusion. Um, and so, yeah, at the heart of how much uh, challenge that presented in, in the beginning of my faith, it is now the source of so much fulfillment um, in my faith as well. And so much comfort, so much consolation. Like I just, the going to adoration and spending time um, with the real presence, like that has gotten me through so many of the hardest points, um, you know, kind of recently here in my life. Um, and it's so funny the way that it starts off with me, not even understanding what I'm really in the presence of. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so just the journey of, it's, I mean, it's continuously a journey. Uh, you know, now that I am officially in communion with the Catholic church and, and a practicing Catholic, and I can experience that sacrament, um, it's still a continuous journey of learning how that truly does affect my life and how I can fully um, make use of, of what God's given us in the real presence. Um, and, you know, it's, it's crazy to me too, because I think back to when I would receive communion um, in my other church and, you know, it's symbolic and it's, it's, you know, at the time you don't know anything else. So it seems good. Um, but I can distinctly remember and pinpoint, I mean, every single time I now receive, um, the whole Eucharist in mass, like 
there is a visible difference in, in what I'm partaking in. Like there is a visible concrete difference that you can feel the weight of what you're participating in. Um, and, and it's crazy because you just like, I wouldn't have known that if I, if I wasn't able to experience it. Like I think about just how much I didn't know. Um, you know, it's so easy to think of myself being content with how my faith was being lived out before, but like coming to the fullness of the church. Now you're able in hindsight to look back and, and see how much I wasn't receiving. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about my conversion is because at, again, at the time, like I would have never known what I was missing out on. I would have had no idea. I thought Catholicism was just another denomination, the same way they all are, you know, apparently. And so I would have never truly understood, you know, what the fullness of the Catholic church had to offer, had to offer me, um, someone so undeserving of it. So, you know, it's just the Eucharist. I am so thankful for overwhelmingly. Um, and, and I just hope that, you know, more people, whether they need to refresh and, uh, re look into why they believe in the real presence or what, but like, I just hope that more people come to see the beauty of it. Uh, and not take it for granted because there are so many people around the world who do not have the access to it that we do. I mean, you think about how many parishes we have access to and, and the amount of daily mass you have access to. And there are just so many people in so many parts of the world that are not offered the same access to it. And, you know, it's definitely not something to be taking advantage of or take for granted. Sorry. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, I think this is a great point to stop at for part one, if that works for you. And then we can dive more into part two, um, just where you kind of continue that journey and uh, and then ask some questions as well. But I, you know, even as you've been talking, I just think, you know, as I said at the start um, to anyone who's listening, uh, the title, you know, I kind of said my journey to Catholicism, of course, talking about your journey. You know, I think it, it could really be something just about the real presence, you know, how the real presence changed your life, because it's just, it's beautiful. And so I think we can dive even more into that in part two. But uh, thank you for anyone who's listening. Uh, I hope you join us again next week for part two. Uh, and please, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast or have enjoyed episodes previously, uh, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, that helps more people discover the Gotta Be Saints podcast and have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, click to subscribe. This is a good Catholic podcast. Visit goodcatholic.com for more information.